Praise the Lord. Well, it's good to have you here today. And uh, um, uh, if this is your first or one of your first services, we do uh, welcome you and thank God for you. Hopefully there's something here that's happening that will bless you today. Amen. We, like we, we, we say in the bulletin, uh, we pray that you're blessed by the worship, the prayer, music, and ministry of the Word of God. Amen. And, um, you know, I've, I've discovered there's, there's no such thing as a perfect church. You know, sometimes people are looking for that perfect church. And I, I, those who are looking for the perfect church, I always think, that it won't be perfect anymore once they land there because, you know, that kind of attitude is just not really conducive to cooperation. Amen. But we don't claim to have a perfect church, but we have a good church. Amen. And uh, hopefully something is said and done. Amen. That's blessed. And, uh, you know, sometimes in the song, uh, I've heard I've heard of folks go, visited a church or gone somewhere. And they said, well, I didn't like the music and it's like well did you like you didn't like any of the music or all of the music or well that one song really bothered me okay well praise the lord i mean eventually you get to the point where it would be impossible amen to make everybody happy all at the same time but you know our happiness and joy comes from the lord amen comes from the word comes from the spirit and uh, i always look in in about music ministry and other things i always look at the heart that's in it amen and uh I've been to some youthy type churches where I didn't really care for all the music they were doing, but sometimes you'll see their heart and that'll touch you and you say, Look, they're doing all they can to worship God and be a part of that. Amen. So we thank God for anything that lifts up Jesus and lifts up the blood in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's uh preach. How many want to hear some preaching? I'm all Worked up now. I enjoyed some of our songs today, didn't you? The Some oldies but goodies. It's just hard to beat. The blood will never lose its power. <laughs> and how great thou art. And <laughs> some of those are just hard to beat, aren't they? And worshiping the Lord and can stick with you. I like them because, you know, you can get up in the middle of the night on Tuesday night and the three o'clock in the morning or whatever, and sing something like that if you need to, and worship the Lord with it, and it'll it'll lift your heart. It'll lift your spirit. Amen? And uh, give you strength. Praise God. Open your Bibles to 1 Kings 17. How about we just dig around in the Old Testament a little bit today? Is that okay? You know, we live, we don't live in the Old Testament. We, we live in the New. And, uh, but one of the things about the, uh, Old Testament is there's stories of faith in there. And, uh, those stories of faith are still, uh, true for us today. Amen. And help us to know how to believe God. We can, we can emulate that. And, uh, and, and see the same results that whatever they got then. And actually, we should expect better because the Bible says that we have, um, a new covenant, better covenant, based on better sacrifice, better promises 
and uh, just a whole better deal. Amen. And uh, Paul was very clear when he said that the problem with the old covenant, you know, he said there wouldn't be there wouldn't be uh, a need for a new if the old had done what it needed to do, but it didn't. It failed. And it failed in the sense that it could not provide redemption. <laughs> Only the new could provide redemption. Isn't that wonderful? And uh, uh, really no no one, not even in the old covenant, no one was really completely redeemed and completely made righteous until Jesus had died on the cross. Isn't that something? And when he came out of the grave, he pulled with him those that were waiting in the waiting room, so to speak, for his uh, great work. And so that's a whole, like, what, half a year teaching on from the cross to the throne. But good stuff anyway, isn't it? We need to remember that. All right, First Kings 17, is he ever going to preach what he said? Sometimes I'll go someplace to preach, you know, and trying to just break the ice with people that you don't know. And and uh, they're sitting there staring at me. And I'll say, you know, you better get with it because I'm not the warm-up. This is it. You know, this is, I'm what you get, you know. All right. When your brook dries up is the name of this. Now, this teaching is kind of just sucked out of the middle of a broader teaching that I do that we're in fact we're in the middle of making it into a book just waiting on my publisher but (laughs) we um in God we trust and it's like where's our trust and where's our faith and hopefully we all know by now that our source our job is not our source our investments are not our source our social security check or pension or whatever that's not our source our source is God and if you haven't made him, amen, if you haven't made him your source uh, in your mind and in your heart, I encourage you to get that concept going, amen? Because sometimes we are just used to saying, you know, I really depend on my work or I depend on my job or I depend on, you know, some source of, of income that we have. But it's, that's really not our source. That's a channel. And God can use those channels and we can bless those channels and be grateful for them. Amen. But that's not our source. God's our source. He's our provider. We sang that today too in the song. I believe that you are all I need. You provide all that I need. Amen. So get that in your heart and in your head because I'll tell you the day could come when your brook dries up, when the thing that's your channel stops producing. And uh, we've all been there. Is anybody relate to that where what you were depending on and you thought you had to have blew up in your face or something else happened and where that that was no longer a viable channel again using the right language the viable channel for God to bless you but um, the, the cool thing about it is that the source of all life and the source of all good things never dries up <laughs> And he never fails. And he never quits. And he's not quit on you. Now, I used to get, you know, preached at growing up in certain places. The message that, you know, God can get tired of dealing with you and just, you know, his grace runs out. That's a bad message, by the way. That's called bad doctrine. His grace is eternal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
He never gets tired of you. That's more like grandma talking than it is Jesus. Amen. I think that sometimes our Sunday school teachers told us that because they were tired of us. But uh, he was wondering, when will this child ever graduate out of my classroom into the next phase so he can torment someone else? But they love to tell us that, you know, God can get tired of you and then you're on your own. It's like, no, don't preach that. Don't believe that. So, if you, you know, a lot of times we'll carry over stuff that we've been taught. And if we don't uh, adjust that or judge it with the word of God, it'll still be in there. And when things get tough, you know, we'll sometimes think, well, maybe I heard one person say one time, you know, struggling with a healing. Well, maybe I'm just one of the ones that's not supposed to get healed. And that was a word of faith person that said that. And I, I know I had to say, listen, that bad doctrine, don't. <laughs> That'd be like saying I'm, a, I'm one of the ones that God's not going to forgive. Because it's the same redemptive work. There's not a redemptive work for salvation, a separate one for healing, and another one for prosperity. It's all the same redemptive work. So whatever rule applies to healing would have to apply to salvation. Or your doctrine has fallen apart. You've got bad theology going. So, you know, we would never tell someone coming to the altar to be saved. We would never say, well, you know, Lord, save Myrtle here if you can. And, but if it's not your will, you know, help her to take hell easier. I don't know. What would you pray? Nobody's ever prayed that. Nobody's ever heard that prayer. But they've heard it about healing. And they've heard it about uh, blessings. And I'm telling you, it's bad doctrine. Amen. It's the same redemptive work. One faith, one blood, one name, one redemptive work. It covers it all. Jesus paid it all. You don't have to pay for some of it. And if you're paying in on it, some of it, somewhere you've gotten scammed by somebody because it's not, it's not the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, let's read this, see what happened here when the brook dried up. Now, Elijah, you know, was a man, I believe, who understood where his source was. He knew that his source was God, and he had faith in God to provide for him. Amen? So it says here, Elijah the Tishbite. Well, they don't have to go calling them bad names, do they? who was of the inhabitants of Gilead and unto Ahab, the Arab, as the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Well, Elijah said that about his own words. Now, there's a guy who believed that you have what you say. (laughs) Just thought I'd point that out. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn the word of the Lord. Now, this all works together. The Bible tells us that the steps of a righteous man or woman are ordered of the Lord. Now, part of getting our needs met and part of God's ongoing program of providing for us is tied, sorry, but I have to tell you this, tied a little... (laughs) to obedience to the voice of the Lord. Sometimes the Lord will tell you what to do, and you don't know if you like that idea. 
or what not to do. We don't like, you know, if you like that idea. But we have to learn, amen, to hear the voice of God. Now, the Lord is speaking to all of us all the time. It just depends on what our other noise levels are to hear his voice. Amen. So, uh, like I told you, one guy said to me, I don't ever hear from God. And I said, yes, you do. He said, no, I don't. And I said, yes, but I've noticed something about you. Every time I get in your car, your radio's blasting. Every time I'm at your house, your TV's playing day and night. You know, every you, you've got something on going noise level all the time. So if God was speaking, how would you hear it? He said, well, I never thought of it that way. I said, maybe you should. And so he did. And he came back later and said, it was like a miracle. He says, I'm, God was speaking to me all the time, and I didn't have enough quiet around me to hear. So there's a time to get quiet before the Lord. There's a time to pray and pray strongly and pray in tongues and, 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 and shout and clap your hands and make a joyful noise under the Lord, even at home. But then there's also a time to just get quiet before the Lord. And say, Lord, I'm, I'm listening. I want to hear your voice. And you'll hear that still small voice that comes up. How do you judge that? That you know that it's the Lord talking and not your, you know, hormonal imbalance or something. <laughs> Chemical imbalance, whatever you have going. Too much spaghetti the night before. Indigestion is speaking. How do you know it's God? How do you judge that? Well, the Spirit and the Word agree. And so if what you're hearing that you feel is the voice of the Lord doesn't agree with the Word, then you don't have the voice of the Lord on that. It's something else is talking, and you want to discern the spirits and see which is speaking. Amen. And just because it's supernatural doesn't mean it's from God. You can get a supernatural bad word <laughs> a bad from a bad source. Amen. So just because it's supernatural doesn't mean it's the Lord. It can be from the other side. So you need to call misinformation and a false leading. How do you know you're hearing? Is this helping anybody? How do you know you're hearing from God? It says that the word of the Lord came unto him telling him what to do. Well, the word of the Lord is still available to come to you, not just Elijah. Oh, yeah, well, he was Elijah, the mighty prophet, you know, Shandai. Well, what about you? <laughs> what about me? Amen. We might not be Elijah, the mighty prophet, but the word tells us in the New Testament that Elijah was a man just like us with the same passions, meaning the same temptations, the same flesh, the same problems. Uh, and he said, and he prayed this, that it wouldn't, he said that it wouldn't, you know, rain on this time. And he, and he, and it came to pass. Same thing when it was time for it to rain. Amen. And he said, we can have that same. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Uh, uh, the Amplified of that says that it makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Hallelujah. So this isn't just for Elijah and hearing the voice of the Lord and using authority. This is for you and this is for me. Amen. Now, if you want to just stay religious and, you know, blame everything on God, then let us know how that goes for you. But uh, I would just as soon be obedient to the word. Amen. And use what tools that the Lord has given us to have a successful life. Uh, so he says, get the hence 
and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of this brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. I didn't know this about ravens, but uh, a pastor, a friend of mine from India, said that he grew up in an Indian home in rural India and where they didn't have glass in the windows, you know, just openings and, and uh, wooden shutters. And he said we, they would be open for ventilation. And the ravens would fly into the house and steal the dinner off the table if his mother didn't have somebody there to shoo them away. It's interesting that he chose ravens because ravens are not birds that would bring you anything. They would steal, just like your cat and your dog, you know, understand. My dog has yet to bring me anything to eat. And more like she's looking for me to turn my head so she can snarf it. So ravens are pretty much that, and, and not only that, they're wild animals. And, and so the idea of the raven bringing something and uh, feeding him is, is just makes it all the more miraculous. Do you understand that God could use a bird if he wants to? Y'all getting anything out of this at all? That'd be the first miracle today. Huh? I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. And uh, and it says, so he went and did according to the word of the Lord. There's a big clue right there. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, and it that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. Now, where did the ravens get the bread and the meat? Where did they get it? Well, they had to steal it off of the king's table because he's the only one that's eating, according to the word. The Bible says there's a famine in the land. Nobody else is eating but the king. Somehow he managed to have reserves. I don't know how that works. called taxes. But um, he had plenty, and the ravens are borrowing... <laughs> <laughs> enough from the king or royal or, or some kind of aristocrat to bring to the man of God. Isn't that something? thought you'd just point that out to you. This is more spectacular than it looks like. Just the first reading. You think, what a nice Bible story, Sunday school lesson. But this is really got a lot in it about what is happening here. It's just the whole thing is wild, really. And the cool thing is that this went on and on and on. And it said, and it came to pass after a while. We don't know what that means, but it was after a while. Sounds like more than just a day, doesn't it? Or two or a week or two that he brought that the brook dried up. Because there had been no rain in the land. Now that's interesting. That all of a sudden this beautiful miracle. Has anybody ever experienced something like this? This beautiful miracle that's going all of a sudden has dried up. And now, you know, a lot of people would about lose their mind at that moment. Oh no, now what? But how many know that nothing surprises God And he always has a plan. 
I was thinking this morning about an incident. I uh, was living in Tulsa, praise the Lord, God's holy city. And uh, I, um, my, my wife and I and kids, we had gone out to, you know, like a Friday night outing. We had gone out to eat and gone to a movie or something and, and a little kid's movie or something and on the way home. And uh, like it does in Oklahoma, suddenly the roads start freezing over. And uh, I, we just loved our little car that we had. It was just running, per, you know, you finally it's just it's running perfectly and you're enjoying your automobile. Anybody ever been there and you think, wow, this car rides so nice. We just love this car. And all of a sudden I looked up the, the it's hills there in Tulsa and uh, a lady had stopped in the lane to check something and she's sitting on ice. And by the time I applied the brakes, I hit her. And I had nowhere to go. Uh, there was another lane of traffic coming towards me. I had nowhere to go. I had no choice but to hit her. So we hit her. Thank God she wasn't injured. Thank God, you know, we weren't injured in any way. Nobody was injured. That's the first thing you thank God for, by the way. Secondly, her car seemed to be just undamaged. It was like I hit a brick wall. My car was totaled. Now, at the time that this happened, I didn't have anything extra to get another car. And uh, insurance basically, you know, paid us something, but the car was a few years old, so it was um, depreciated. wasn't enough, you know, if I'd have sold it, there wouldn't have been enough to buy another car with. Uh, I, I just wasn't comfortable with going and getting a big payment at that time, and and so I'm standing here on, in the snow and ice, thank God for Oklahoma weather. What a beautiful place. You burn up in the summer and freeze to death in the winter. A great place to live. We used to say to Brother Hagen, why didn't you put your Bible school like in Daytona Beach or somewhere? Why does it have to be, you know, why did it have to be in Oklahoma where the wind comes rushing down the plain? And blows us away. Tornado Alley. Yes, come to Bible school in Tornado Alley. We'll teach you how to use your faith to live through a winter and a summer. Well, anyway, we're experiencing Tulsa weather, classic ice storm. And now the car's in a wreck. And, you know, the police officer was kind enough to give us a lift to the house, which they don't always do. And, and uh, they did because it was just a few blocks away. And our beautiful car that we love so much is, is just totaled and is being towed off, never to be seen again. <laughs> and uh, so the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me standing out there because I'm thinking, I didn't say it because I'm dealing with the police and the insurance and phone call and all that and um, making sure the other lady's okay. And I'm standing there thinking, what am I going to do? Oh, we got to have a, a vehicle for this family and the ministry and everything. What are we going to do? And the Spirit of God spoke to me and he said, I've got your back on this. Don't worry. I've already got another car for you. Well, long story short, in about 24 hours, there was another car that, you know, word got out that we had been in a wreck and that everybody was safe, but the car was totaled and, you know, get a couple of bucks for it. 
and uh, got a got a phone call, amen, from uh, one of our partners in, in the ministry who said, we heard you had a wreck, yeah? Well, I got a car for you. And so, I mean, it was at 24 hours, the car's in my driveway, and it was a bigger car, a newer car, and a nicer car than what we had wrecked, and it was paid for. Can you say amen? And that's what I'm trying to illustrate here, that if we, if our trust is in the Lord, He makes a way. Can anybody say amen to that? Is anybody, am I the only one? Is anybody else here experienced God's provision when it looked like you had no clue where it could come from? I love the way our Father works. He never fails. He never leaves us to flap in the wind and to worry and fret. And even if we're tempted to do it, that isn't even, you know, some people act like, well, if you're just a little nervous, that makes God nervous and he shuts down. No, he doesn't. He knows our weakness. He knows our flesh. He knows our frame. And he knows, too, his mercy. And he distributes it. Well, I don't know if you're getting anything out of this, but I am. I'm getting blessed. Well, look at that. So there's no rain. There's no brook. The ravens flapped away. I don't know what happened. The word of the Lord came unto him saying, now what you going to do? Is that what he said? Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have, now you could insert the word already and not change the meaning. I have, because it's past tense, commanded, past tense, a widow woman there to sustain thee. Um, notice it was prearranged. I said, notice it was prearranged. He had already, God had already made a plan for seamless provision. And sometimes we think that our brook dries up and we have to to somehow, you know, really seek the Lord and claim a bunch of stuff and get in some kind of major faith mode to work up a new plan. And really it's a lack of faith. We think we're in such faith with that, but it's a lack of faith. We should just say, okay, like with the car. I said, okay. I knew I had that assurance. I told my wife, I said, hey, don't worry about it. Within 24 hours, something else will appear, and it did. Glory. So he arose and went to Zarephath. So he believes God. Whatever God says do, he just does it. Because that's where their provision is. The provision, boy, some grace people aren't going to like this, but I'm going to say it anyway. The provision is at the end of Obedience Street. <laughs> oh my goodness. There's some grace people I know that would just crucify me for that. But it's the truth. His grace is there. His grace is providing. His grace is a gift, and it's a free gift. Glory. 
<laughs> glory. Did you hear that? Glory. Glory. <laughs> That's when you're really shouting, when you go from glory to glory. And so we're saying glory, his, his grace is there providing, but he's trying to give you directions. It's like somebody says, join us for dinner at this restaurant. Here's how you get there. And you go every way but the street that the restaurant's on. You're not going to get there. I'm just starving. I feel like I'm going to eat the steering wheel. Well, get on the right street, ding dong, and you'll get there. I mean that with all the kindness. But I'm going to say it again, and if the grace people shoot me, then fine. I, I've been shot before. But the provision is at the end of Obedience Street. Get on the right street and you'll get to the provision. Now you can scream mixture at me all you want and I don't care. Because I've got Bible proof of it. He said, get thee there. Get thee up. <laughs> get yourself up and get there. And he says, I've already made provisions there in that place. Well, I don't like that town. Lord, you know, they don't even have a Walmart. That's where I'm telling you to go. And he went there. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the, wid the widow woman, who was already been instructed, she's not happy about it. So What? Was there gathering? That's not, that wasn't Elijah's problem. She wasn't happy about it. Isn't that awful? That man of God taking money from a widow. See, that's what Judas would have said. But this is what the Bible said happened. Now, why? Here we go. Why? So now all the, you know, pro-poverty, God-poverty God people, they, they, now they'll shoot me next for this. Because why would God do that to her? She's already doesn't have enough. Listen to this, folks. you got to understand how God thinks. She doesn't, she doesn't have enough. She's run out. She said, I've got enough for one last meal. The big hoorah, the grand finale. Bring out all the dancing girls with the feathers on their head. Like the Rockettes. This is the last song. One singular sensation. Every single step she makes. You know. Chorus line. All right. <laughs> the big song. In Radio City. Don't look at me in that tone so holy. I don't know what that is. We only go to tabernacles and camp meetings. Um, they got dancing girls there now, so it doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, this is it. A widow, a wee widow woman. A widow woman has got just enough for her and her son. 
to eat, and then they're going to die and join everybody else because there's a famine. And God is so mean that he comes to her and says, I want you to make a cake for the prophet first. And somebody would say, I'm telling you religious people would have such a hard time with that. Oh my, he should have never even accepted it. If you, you know, I'm telling you, that's the way they think. But what's God going to do? Now listen, this is so cool. When God is meeting, ah! This is so exciting, I have to scream. When God is meeting your need, He will meet the needs of all kind of people down the line for one person's obedience. It was not God's will that that widow woman didn't have enough. Well, she's just a widow. It doesn't matter. God provides for everybody. And that kind of thinking will keep a poor widow poor instead of blessed. You can be a millionaire widow. You don't have to be just barely scraped by. I know that's not the way the religious world thinks, but so what? They wouldn't let me in their group anyway. Are you following me today? Are you getting anything out of this? And so here comes, here comes the, the man of God and says, uh, Bring me, I pray, um, he said, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. She's thinking, well, that's fine. I can get some water, plenty of water. And she was going to fetch it. He called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, even though the Lord had commanded her, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but on a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, like breadsticks is what she's saying. I got enough for breadsticks. Anybody ever tried to eat, live on breadsticks? Not very exciting. That we may eat it and die, because that's the end. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first. And bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail. In other words, you're not going to die. God is meeting my need and your need all at the same time. Until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. She went and did. Woo! There's the power right there. She went and did. Elijah went and did, and she went and did. Maybe you and I could try that. According to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. There's the victory. She didn't have to make that, eat it, and die. And it says her whole household. We don't know what that means. Could have been servants, could have been whoever, other family members, but more than one little stick, a little, little Italian breadstick, you know. Amen? And so God provided 
supernaturally. I just wanted you to see that, that at the end of Obedience Street is a blessing. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you can go, well, I don't have to do anything. I'm a grace person. There's, there's no obedience unnecessary. Well, no, let's know how that works for you. It has never worked for me. And they'll, even though I'm thankful for God's grace, thankful for God's provision, thankful for His idea, thank you, thankful for the, for the, 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 the path of obedience to show me the lighted pathway. Amen. That I can make it through to that. Thank God. That's God's grace too. Because God could just go, well, I don't know what to do. Don't ask me, you know. But He does know. And He's already provided it. Amen. You know, that little widow woman, uh, you know, you can't blame her much for balking at it. But, but she finally, the, the key thing, the key words there is she went and did. Now for every miracle that you need, there's a point of obedience. And it's the catalyst to the miracle. Amen. And you go trust in that. You know, why did God want her to just scrape the bottom of that barrel and just clean it out? Because she's depending on that barrel instead of God's barrel. God doesn't ever have an empty barrel, folks. He's got a whole tanker full of barrels. To provide, if you live to be a thousand, he'll provide for you every day. Amen. I've met some folks that look like they were trying to make it to a thousand, but that's a joke, sorry. But uh, God will provide. Amen. You're not supposed to be unsupplied on this earth one moment. Can you say amen? amen? And look what a supply it was. It was just more, it was more than enough. He is more than enough. He's El Shaddai. Amen. I want to pray for you today. If you're watching on internet, especially, you know, you join us in this prayer. Um, you can put your hand where you're suffering if you have a need in your physical body. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you for your healing touch, your healing power. I command sickness and disease, cancer, any kind of, of weakness or blood condition to go in Jesus' name. Be healed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, and lame legs to walk in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for supernatural financial and material increase this week. This week, Lord, that there will be testimonies that come from this week of God showing Himself strong in our lives in Jesus' name. Lord, we give You all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.